The following episode of the 9pm edict contains strong language, disturbing political ideas, and disturbing sexual references. Tuesday, the 3rd of December 2019, and it's all about the learning. In this episode, you'll learn some obvious things about the internet. The internet has a sort of algorithmic proclivity to polarise people. You'll learn how to manage your romantic relationships. In Cherokee County, a woman stands accused of vandalising several businesses and setting her ex-boyfriend's car on fire. And you'll learn how to improve your wellness in just a few seconds. You guys are 10 seconds in. How does it feel? Mm, Warm. Mm, Absorbing energy. This is the 9pm Summer Sunshine Perversion Degeneracy and Socialism, uh, plus a car fire. In case you're wondering, there are no narwhals in this podcast, no spies either, especially no Chinese spies, not in this episode anyway, and no comments about bushfires, bushfire smoke, uh, or having a cold, apart from to note that I have a cold. Okay, so let's get straight into it. Julia Song, who's real Julia Song on Twitter, uh, as opposed to any fake Julia Songs that might be about. She describes herself as the biggest fan of capitalism, a political activist and commentator, fist bump socialism survivor, Trying to wake people, I tweet a lot, American flag. Uh, Well, she does tweet a lot, and here's what she tweeted the other day, and I quote, Two minutes of erection is enough to conclude the coitus and fecundate the female. Anything beyond that is perversion, degeneracy, and socialism. Socialism. She has a thing about socialism, does Julia Song. If you click through from her Twitter profile, there's an article she wrote for Evie magazine in May called How Socialism Failed Me as a Woman and Ruined My Country. Now, the the deck, as it's called, the little intro piece at the top of the story says, Despite the current push from some lawmakers to make socialism cool in America, can it really coexist with other ideologies such as feminism? I'll tell you firsthand because I lived through it. Unless someone has, they have no idea what they're talking about. Now, uh, Ms. Song is from Brazil. And in the article, she does uh, tell some really quite horrifying stories about uh, what happened to her when she was young. For example, when she was 14, she was beaten and humiliated uh, by a local drug gang for no particular reason. So I can completely understand why uh, she might have a, uh, uh, a negative opinion about some aspects of society. But she has clearly... Uh, related that to the fact that it was Brazil and the fact that Brazil is somehow socialist. Anyway, she, she writes, I remembered how I felt as a woman in a socialist country and how I never wanted to feel that way again. I'm sorry for those who advocate for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Bernie Sanders, but while I live, I will always fight against socialism in all of its forms. Uh 
one form of socialism clearly being an erection that lasts longer than two minutes. One of the best things to, to happen this week uh, is the annual Literary Review Bad Sex Awards, uh, which is what it says on the tin. Uh, the Literary Review, which is uh, a magazine, awards awards uh, for uh, fictional depictions of sex which are bad. And uh, they were all listed in The Guardian, but I really think uh, as a listener to this podcast, you are gagging for it. That is gagging for uh, me to read uh, these selections from the Bad Sex Awards. I'll need a top up of my whiskey before this. First one is from a book called The River Capture by Mary Costello. He clung to her, crying, and then made love to her and went far inside her, and she begged him to go deeper, and no longer afraid of injuring her, he went deep in mind and body, among crowded organ cavities, past the contours of her lungs and liver, and shimmying past her heart, he felt her perfection. That's a a 58-word sentence, and uh, look, I... Uh, look, I enjoy, I enjoy sex as much as the next person, I suppose, but past the contours of her lungs and liver and shimmying past her heart, he felt her perfection. Not sure that he understands how it works. This next one from a, a book called The Office of Gardens and Ponds, lovely title actually, by Didier de Coin. The earthy taste surprised her. When he was alive, when it swelled inside Miyuki's mouth, Katsuro's penis had tasted of raw fish, of warm young bamboo shoots, and of fresh almonds when she finally, when she finally released its juices. I don't know if she is the penis or she is uh, Miyuki's uh, actions here. The raw fish. Raw fish. Now, it was in... Sna- oh, I see. This is another occasion. Oh, oh, hello, when he was alive, when it swelled inside her. Okay, now it was insipid and muddy to her tongue, like the pools of the temple of Heian Kyo, when the office of gardens and ponds had them drained for cleaning. Miyuki had loved this man, not that he was a very good lover, but what did she know after all, since she had experienced no one but him? He used to upset her by the way he silently loomed up behind her and took her by the shoulders, his nails scratching her flesh, his strong breath enveloping her neck, a smell of ripe fruit and poorly tanned leather, his knee pushing against her lower back to open her tunic and expose a portion of naked flesh against he would then rub his organ as if he were furtively making omelette rolls. He did not derive his pleasure without her, but in front of her, and differently. <clears throat> Raw fish. Raw fish, people. From City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. Or is it Elizabeth the Gilbert? There was a sensation occurring here that I didn't even know could occur. I took the sharpest inhale of my life, and I'm... Not sure I left my breath out, let my breath out, for another ten minutes. 
I do feel that I lost the ability to see and hear for a while and that something might have short-circuited in my brain, something that has probably never been fully fixed since. My whole being was astonished. I could hear myself making noises like an animal and my legs were shaking uncontrollably, not that I was trying to control them, and my hands were gripping down so hard over my face that I left fingernail divots in my own skull. Then it became more. And after that, it became even more still. Then I screamed as though I were being run over by a train, and that long arm of his was reaching up again to palm my mouth, and I bit into his hand the way a wounded soldier bites on a bullet. And then it was the most, and I more or less died. This is fabulous stuff, isn't it? The next one is by uh, uh, John Harvey, a novel called Pax, which is Latin for peace. She gave a yet deeper moaning sigh. Like breathing in, he saw the word he had said shiver and expand inside her. Her arms moved now and flexed. Out of here, Venus de Milo. He watched the... What? Her mum? I'm starting that again because I've, I've just been distracted by the idea of her arms being chopped a la the famous statue of Venus de Milo, which is uh, famous. Sorry, I just stopped because I was trying to work out who was the sculptor for the Venus de Milo, uh, and I, I, I think it was Jeff Koons. She gave yet a deeper moaning sigh. Like breathing in, he saw the word he had said shiver and expand inside her. Her arms moved now and flexed. Out of here, Venus de Milo. He watched the death life fill her growingly. She grabbed and caressed him with more muscle, more zest than ever before. Her long, lean arms were spider arms, while her kisses roved and dug. I see it, he said. You are the female praying mantis devouring her mate. I am. You are. I shall eat every shred of you. Mouthful by mouthful. Exactly. Ah, but boy, you taste good. She licked her lips and pulled him close. But now he was clasping too. It was a kind of slow wrestling. They were knitting each other into a loose slipping knot. He was upside down over her, loving her bush and lick kissing like eating her inner thighs. Till at last they loved fully and later lay back. She did not chatter. Their arms stirred in a luxurious, desultory twining. Praying mantis sex. He fantasises about her arms coming off. But don't praying mantises, like, eat the heads of their mates or chew them off or something? And yet she did not chatter. Well, there's no point, isn't it? She's already chewed his head off. By Dominic Smith, The Electric Hotel. The actual lovemaking was a series of cryptic clues and concealed pleasures. 
a sensual treasure hunt. She asked for something, then changed her mind. He made adjustments and calibrations, awaited further instruction. For most of the proceedings, he felt his own desire as if it were tethered to a wire, a bright red balloon floating in his peripheral vision, but eventually he burst through. It was towards the end, as their breathing quickened. Her stage directions had stalled out to silence. He looked to his right and noticed the scene in the smoky lens of the mirror above the bureau. He saw his own body move with the steady rhythm of a bellows blowing air at the base of a fire. It brought back the early experiments at the Photographic Society in Paris, the wiring of a bird's feet to a camera gun, the mounting tension and uplift before a surge of exasperated flight. His own face looking back in the mirror, open-mouthed, flushed, euphoric, was a wild, strange thing to him, a beguiled stranger he'd never met, held in place by an infinite loop. Then his eyes locked on Sabine's in the mirror, and he could see that she was pleased with her staging, with her hair fanning across the pillow, with the way her ankles locked about his calves so that her long white feet formed a perfect V. And it was in the act of looking back at the film strip juddering above the bureau that sent her into a final, boisterous delirium. She bit his shoulder, then whispered into the mirror, Nous voilà, catching her breath. There we are. And here we are. Hello, I'm Stilgarian. Welcome to The Edict. Has conventional medicine let you down? Are you plagued by medical problems which even modern science can't solve? You may think you've tried everything, but have you tried Ask Handling? Originally based on a fundamental misunderstanding of an ancient Sumerian drawing, Ask Handling has been proven not to worsen lower back pain, diabetes, asthma, tuberculosis, yellow fever and West Nile virus. But don't take our word for it. Why not visit our website, askhandle.com, where you can see hundreds of testimonial videos from happy patients. It made me feel 20 years younger. Ask Handle and saved my marriage. With a candle up my ass, I thought I could do anything. However long your search for a cure has been, we can provide a light at the end of your tunnel. Ask your doctor about Ask Handling today. Now that is from the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, which bills itself as the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. As you may suspect, it is a comedy podcast. It's actually an award winner by Ben Partridge. I recommend it thoroughly, but do start at the beginning because it is a a kind of journey into an alternate reality, the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. So Ask Candling is fiction, but what isn't fiction is ass sunning, bum sunning, or as uh, it is sort of billed this week, perineum sunning. You may have seen this on the Twitters if you and, and on you know the media generally. If you don't know what it is... Uh, I'll play a clip from Ra of Earth. This is a, a an Instagram account, Ra underscore of underscore underscore Earth. 
uh, who describes himself as a human teacher slash student, a bringer of dawn. Uh, he aligns humans to their fullest spectrum self, uh, and he is a student slash teacher of human technology. Check him out, raofearth.com. Now, in this video, and I'm, I'm, look, you won't see this, but look, the video starts with an opening shot of three naked men walking slowly away uh, from the camera, and then Ra of Earth uh, turns to face the camera and do a little intro piece. In a mere 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole, you will receive more energy from this electric node the sun. than you would in an entire day being outside with your clothes on. That's true. So now the gentlemen who are naked lay down on their backs, spread their legs and expose their ass to the sun. You guys are 10 seconds in. How does it feel? Mm, peachy. Warm. Mm, absorbing energy. You guys all said mmm. Mm, <laughs> yummy. Wow. Mm, nourishing. Like mother's milk. Three, two, one, complete. Oh, oh yeah, and like mother's milk. How did how do these guys know what mother's milk on your naked ass feels like? I mean, I have several other questions, uh, some of which uh, will be answered by uh, Metaphysical Megan on Twitter. Uh, Metaphysical Me No, not on Twitter, on Instagram. <laughs> None of these people. Are Everything's on the Instagram. Metaphysical Megan, but Megan is M-E-A-G-E-N because of course it is. She lives in the Mojave Desert because of course she does. Perineum sunning is an ancient Taoist practice that originated in the Far East, she writes. She explains that in the religion, Taoism, the perineum, or hui yin, is called the gate of life and death. And it's, quote, a gateway where energy enters and exits the body. I am not an expert in Taoism. However, I uh, have read um, the two primary texts, uh, the Tao Te Ching because, uh, and uh, the other one. They never mentioned the perineum. Not once. Not once. In fact, in any religious experience that I have taken part in, the perineum has never been mentioned people in the Catholic Church may differ. Anyway, um, this is uh, from, oh God, it goes on a bit. This is from Metaphysical Megan's uh, Instagram account, Perineum Sunning uh, Part 2. The benefits of uh, Perineum Sunning include it brings prana or solar energy from the sun into the organs within the body, which strengthens the organs. Perineum sunning prevents against prevents against the leakage of chi or life force energy from the body. This in turn sustains health and longevity of the physical body. It increases creativity and creative output. It aids in a balanced uh, in a healthy libido and a balanced sexual energy because you wouldn't want unbalanced sexual energy. Again, 30 seconds of sunlight on the perineum is equivalent to being in the sun all day with your clothes on. Anyone who's done um, high school physics, can, I'm sure 
I can, uh, can confirm that. Uh, it regulates hormone function in the sex organs, uh, and it increases your personal magnetism and amplifies the auric field. Now, here's a quote from her. My experience with perineum sunning has been profound. I have been practicing this for a few months now. So she's a fucking expert. I start my day with five minutes of perineum sunning and feel energized for hours. I no longer rely on coffee for energy to start my day because I'm getting my energy from the sun. I'm also experiencing better sleep and require less sleep due to boost of overall energy. Uh, and she sort of says that the main advice is uh, meant to be done within 30 seconds and then with lots of red ex- uh, exclamation points, the intent of this is not to tan your butthole. All right. I, I Do you intend to tan your butthole? I don't. Ben Pobchi, who is a, an Australian satirist and comedian, says, I must confess, he tried this out. Check this out. There's a link on the website that there's a <laughs> that there are photographs. He says, I must confess there is something quite pleasurable about reclining on the lawn as nature intended, feeling the healthy energy of the sun probe deep within me in order to uncover my best self. It's a chance for contemplation, for a quiet moment amid, amid the hustle and bustle of the world to be alone with one's thoughts. Now, Ben, that's lovely, and and thank thank you for posting the photographs. Uh, I find it okay to be alone with my thoughts without being naked with my legs spread and ass thrust up towards the world uh, in my backyard. <coughs> Health.com says, so just a super quick clarification, your perineum is the super thin area of skin and tissue between your vagina, or in men the penis, and the anus, and no, you definitely should not be exposing it to sunlight, according to those with actual medical degrees. Thank you. I I think it's nice that health.com does consult people with actual medical degrees from time to time. But back uh, very quickly uh, to Ra of Earth. Uh, He says at raofearth.com he can help you with physical function, mobility, movement and coordination, digestive functioning, detoxifying capabilities, psychophysical coherence. Uh, He can balance your yin-yang. Isn't it yin-yang? He can balance your masculine feminine and he can balance your finite infinite, etc. He says etc. He can help you with alignment. I don't know of what to what, but he can help you with it. Uh, The gnosis of death and birth and the space in between. The literacy of reality. Um, Mental acrobatics. Oh, and multidimensional integration. So, uh, there's that. And if you look at Ra of Earth's uh, Instagram account, he can help you with the languaging of the oneness of God mode. Yeah, I think uh, Ra of Earth has been, you know, involved in the yonification of discourse here, really, if you ask me. (coughs) Elephant stamp time! (coughs) Elephant stamp time. Each episode of this podcast, uh, I award elephant stamps of approval for excellence in the category of thinking. Why am I speaking so fast? I don't know, but I have five. 
elephant stamps. Five, count them. The first one to Devin Nunes' cow. Uh, Devin Nunes is a uh, uh, Republican congressman because, of course, he is. And uh, he has been uh, satirized by a couple of uh, Twitter accounts. Devin Nunes' cow. And there's a backstory to that I don't have time to go into. And Devin Nunes' mum, uh, which uh, which uh, sends him up. Uh, he has uh, been suing them, I assume, for defamation, yes. Uh, and uh, he's arguing, or rather, his defend- the defendants are arguing. Well, uh, I'll roll back a bit. He is arguing uh, the identity behind these uh, Twitter accounts needs to be exposed so he can sue them for defamation. Uh, Now, uh, that Democrat strategist behind uh, the accounts, uh, or who knows who the accounts are, is refusing to disclose communications that could reveal who they are, uh, saying that the accounts are clearly satirical. Um, the, uh, The reps' attorneys, or at least the defendants' attorneys, argue that the Twitter account's language does not constitute defamation, and uh, indeed the courts are tasked with protecting anonymous communications in the interests of freedom of speech. They have that in America, you know. Quote, no reasonable person would believe that Devin Nunes' cow actually has a Twitter account or that the hyperbole, satire and cow-related jokes it posts are serious facts. This is uh, according to the filing that they've made in uh, the Henrico County Circuit Court in Virginia. Quote, it is self-evident that cows are domesticated livestock animals and do not have the intelligence, language or opposable digits needed to operate a Twitter account. <laughs> Defendant Devin Nunes's mom likewise posts satirical, patronising, nagging, mothering comments which ostensibly uh, treat Mr Nunes as a misbehaving child. So, um, yep, elephant stamp of approval to the lawyers for Devin Nunes's cow. Uh, number two, uh, look, uh, Donald Trump is too easy a target, I know, uh, particularly this week as he reposted a, a photograph of uh, his head grafted onto Rocky Balboa's body uh, from the film Rocky. You may know that. Uh, as you may know, uh, Donald Trump's body is not exactly uh, Rocky-like. No, I won't do that. What I like is that uh, Trump is now distancing himself more and more from his lawyer, his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Uh Trump now says he did not direct Giuliani to act on his behalf in Ukraine. Uh, and here's, uh, here's him doing that in an interview uh, with Bill O'Reilly. What was Rudy Giuliani doing in Ukraine on your behalf? Well, you have to ask that to Rudy. But Rudy, I don't, I don't even know. If, I know he was going to go to Ukraine and I think he canceled the trip. Uh, but, you know, Rudy has other clients other than me. I'm one. So you didn't you didn't direct him to go there on your behalf? You no. didn't. No, he didn't. So one to Trump, elephant stamp to Trump. Number three goes uh, to John Abs of Falls Grave Road, Scarborough in the UK. This is from a Twitter account called Angry People in Local Newspapers. This is magic. This is magic. Uh, John Abs writes as follows. I'm writing to tell you about the duck fighting I saw. When I was walking to my dad's recently... Um, 
past the popular ponds situated under Valley Bridge, I was taken aback by three ducks. The first duck I saw was on one side of the road nearest to the railings, with its back turned against the railings, rapidly trying to get away. The second duck was using his beak to pierce through the head of the first duck. The second duck had, as they say in Lees, a kid with him or her. Duck three. The third duck was quacking and was the same colour as duck two. I took my coat off and slammed it on the ground to deter the two matching birds, birds two and three, and they cleared off. The sketchy scene sparked my memory of the typical back streets of Scarborough. A car stopped and a lady took the bird that was injured on the road. I tried to conjure up an antidote and looked for a sign with a number to phone. There was only one number. However, the number I phoned was irrelevant to the matter at hand. Elephant stamp of approval to John for abs. I I have no idea what that was about. Uh, number four, to Mark Zuckerberg uh, of uh, Facebook fame. Uh, he recently completed what he calls his 2019 personal challenge, uh, in which he set out to host a series of public discussions about the future of technology in society, the opportunities, the challenges, the hopes, and the anxieties. So this is the people he spoke to, eight men and one woman, all of them white. <clears throat> well done, Mark Zuckerberg. I suppose it matches the people in your uh, company. I've just written one, two, three, four, five. I've actually got six. Um, these, that was three. Uh, four, that was number four. Number five, GQ magazine. You may have seen this. It's magic. GQ magazine, this has been everywhere, published the best story update of probably the year. Uh, you've got to understand, if you don't know, the Purple Heart is the medal that the, uh, the American military awards to anyone who's been injured in combat. Here's a, a correction uh, from GQ. This story has been updated. Alexander Vindman received a Purple Heart after being wounded by an IED, or improvised explosive device, not an IUD, or intrauterine device. We regret the error. Uh, and, and finally, Adelaide's Nova 919, an FM radio station, probably the best on the planet. Uh, they uh, were obviously, or their voiceover artist was obviously getting bored uh, with with recording uh, version after version of uh, this local ad, uh, and courtesy of the ABC's Media Watch, here's what ended up actually going to air. Check out these local gigs, deals and events around Adelaide. Get your kids' ears pierced at Essential Beauty now for just $42.95. Mutilate those little cunts beyond recognition with double operators and minimum fuss. Book at essentialbeauty.com.au. Uh, this podcast is made possible by you, the generous listeners, through your subscriptions and one-off contributions. I'm saying this quickly because otherwise you'll kind of zip through it. Okay, now this episode, 
Uh, thank you very much to Carl Oscar, uh, to Ken Sang, who's uh, convinced me to make a very special video for you, so stay tuned for that. Malcolm Wood, Susan Island, and Tim Holland. Thank you very much. Uh, what else do I need to tell you? Um, well, this podcast is made possible by you. The next episode, by the way, I'm recording on uh, Thursday, the 12th of December. That will be a, uh, uh, a an end-of-year wrap with Nicholas Fryer. So that's a week and a bit away. If I owe you conversation topics or trigger words uh, in return for your uh, contributions, please get it, and you want them in this, you don't have to do it this time, but if you want them in this next episode, get them to us by midday on Wednesday the 11th of December. I will send you an email reminding you of that, but start thinking uh, about that now. What uh, conversation topics or, or trigger words do you think uh, should go into the podcast uh, that I'm recording uh, with Nick Fryer? Uh, and you can um, contribute now and get into that. If you'd like to, to make a tip, go to stillgarian.com slash tip. That's stillgarian.com slash tip. Or you can subscribe for extra benefits that may uh, – well, no, they will. They will appear over summer, definitely, because uh, fuck all else happening over summer, really. I don't need to scrounge money from you people. So uh, that's at skank.com.au slash subscribe, skank.com.au slash subscribe, uh, but still going to... It's all on the website. You can do this, you lazy... You may remember that uh, last time on this uh, podcast, we heard from Ian Richard Burt, the mayoral candidate for the city of Kalgoorlie, Boulder. You remember that, don't you? Uh, he uh, was a member of the Citizens Electoral Council, the most rational um, uh, kind of political party in Australia. Now, just to, to, to refresh your memory, uh, he had some interesting ideas, did Mr. Burt. Don't call me mister either. I'm not a mister, because when you're in court, that's what the judge wants you to say, Mr. Burt, please stand up. And when you do, you put yourself in Roman jurisdiction. And I'd like the listeners to remember that when they go to court. When you go to court, you say, I'm a subject of Queen Elizabeth II, and I want to be judged under common law. And the judge will tell you, common law isn't recognised in this court. That's how far we've gone. Mm, we've come very far indeed. Now, you may also remember that I expressed a surprise uh, as I read out one of uh, Mr. Burt's, sorry, mate, uh, news, apostrophe S, newspaper adverts, advertisements where, uh, well, he said a lot of strange things in those ads, but he referred to himself as a Negrito. Now, I thought that he was saying Negrito using um, sort of an old-fashioned phrase to Indigenous people generally. But I've since discovered, because I bothered looking it up, I should have known this really, that uh, the Negrito are a recognised ethnic grouping, to quote from the Pedia. The Negrito are several diverse ethnic populations, or ethnic groups rather, who inhabit isolated parts of maritime Southeast Asia. Their current populations include the Adamanese people uh, of the Adaman Islands, the Samang and Batek peoples of Peninsular Malaysia, the Manik people of Southern Thailand, the Aeta people, Ati people, as well as 30 other official recognised ethnic groups in the Philippines. So... 
I confess my ignorance. I still think it's odd that Mr. Burt thinks he's speaking for all Indigenous people in Western Australia, or at least uh, his newspaper advertisements gave that impression. Uh, and I'm happy you know, for that to be his background, so I learned something. But <clears throat> curious. Anyway, I'm glad I learned something, and I thought I'd better pass that on. Uh, speaking of assumptions, um, <clears throat> this next bit is from Grayson Perry. Uh, who's an English contemporary artist. He's known for his ceramic vases, tapestries, and cross-dressing, uh, which is great, um, as well as his observations of the contemporary art scenes and uh, for dissecting British prejudices, fashions, and foibles. Fascinating character is Grayson Perry, won the Turner Prize. Uh, his ceramic vases and tapestries are great. Look them up and... And, and now very, very expensive indeed. Uh, he was on... Uh, actually, we'll say I'm using the pronoun he because Grayson Perry makes clear um, not transgendered, gen- not transgendered, purely cross-dressing. That is, breaking assumptions about uh, the assumptions, we're back to the assumptions, of gender and clothing um, rather than being... Conf- uh, um, uh, addressing issues of uh, his gender personally, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm getting tongue-tied because I'm not quite sure uh, how how to explain this without making making myself sound like a dickhead. No, Grayson Perry's great. Check it up. He was on uh, Richard Herring's uh, recent, uh, well, his podcast, Realistapa, the Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, although it's not always uh, recorded. Uh, at uh, Leicester Square. And uh, Grayson Perry did uh, have this interesting comment to make about the assumptions, the gender assumptions of clothing. The internet has a sort of algorithmic proclivity to polarise people, and that that happens just as much in gender as well as anything else. And so the idea about what is feminine and what is masculine gets kind of by the nature of the algorithms of the internet... It kind of polarise. So men now they want a six pack, don't they? They yeah. want little lines that go on their tummies that go that way and that way, yeah. you know, because that's a kind of way of understanding. I am a man. Yeah. You know, when I when I talk to young kids now and I say, when I was at school, I never talked about my body. They're like shocked. Mm. You know, like, there was this group of young kids and they they were shown. Um, this old film from the 60s, and Alan Bates was like the romantic lead in it. And when he took his shirt off, they all laughed. <laughs> he was a pudgy, ordinary, nice-looking man from the 60s. Yeah. But he wasn't ripped, you know, he wasn't yeah. hench. So that now it's all, you know, they, they, they look like action man, yeah. you know, from the waist up. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe the waist down, we don't know for sure. <laughs> I... I... Quite like that message there. More about um, body image than than I supposed uh, clothing. Now look up Grace and Perry's work. I I won't uh, go on any more about that. Not at all. News of the Illuminati which, as I said last time, is a news segment on this podcast and I will uh, find some intro music for that. Illuminati is a... Uh, how many uh, News of the Illuminati stories do we have? We have three. First one is about Jeremy Corbyn from CNN. Comes the news uh, this week that back in 2012, 
Corbyn wrote a supportive message on Facebook in response to uh, the street artist Mia One, M-E-A-R One, over a mural that was being removed by a London council. Now, the mural actually featured several anti-Semitic tropes, such as what are clearly supposed to be Jewish bankers playing a game of Monopoly on the backs of the poor, underneath the Eye of Providence, the universally recognised symbol of the Illuminati. Uh, When the story did emerge last year, says CNN, Corbyn did apologise, saying, I sincerely regret that I did not look more closely at the image I was commenting on, uh, the contents of which are deeply disturbing and anti-Semitic. So, Jeremy Corbyn is a member of the Illuminati. That's what you need to know. Uh, Next up. Oh, this one is about Gemma Collins. And, oh, fuck. I forgot to look up who Gemma Collins is. Gemma. I'm, I'm typing into uh, the Google Bing as I uh, speak. Gemma Collins is an English. Oh, okay. Yes, I know her. An English television personality and businesswoman. In 2011, she began appearing on the ITVB reality series, The Only Way Is Essex. Uh, And as we all know, The Only Way Is Essex has produced uh, really the best of the current crop of uh, British television personalities. Anyway, from uh, the the reliable news outlet Herald Planet... Towie diva Gemma Collins has decided it's time to join the Illuminati. Uh, She's revealed that she's hooked on conspiracy theories that a secret society is using top celebrities like puppets as it slowly builds its totalitarian new world order. And she says she is prepared to, quote, sell her soul to the devil to sign up. I'm now thinking I should become Illuminati, she said, said Gemma. She's 38 years old. Who do I need to call to become an Illuminati? She continues, as you know, Rihanna, Britney Spears, Cardi B, the Kardashians, apparently, Angelina Jolie, Katy Perry are all part of this. Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're all members of of the Illuminati. And uh, she has a podcast called BBC... Oh, BBC Sounds is the overall uh, BBC podcast platform. Uh, She apparently has a podcast there. I must listen to that. Uh, Gemma Collins podcast. Anyway, she's invited the Illuminati uh, to get in touch. Uh, Quote, They are giving a subliminal message. It all comes back to mind control. Any members of the Illuminati, feel free to come on my podcast... I'm not scared of it. I'd like to know more, says Gemma Collins. And now news from Cherokee County in uh, South Carolina, I think. Uh, According to this report from WIFF4, which is a television station uh, in... um, in the Cherokee County, county um, no, look, it's probably easier just if I play the story. In Cherokee County, a woman stands accused of vandalizing several businesses and setting her ex-boyfriend's car on fire. The sheriff's office says 42-year-old Jennifer Ryder faces several charges. Investigators say Ryder spray-painted messages on at least eight buildings over the past few weeks. They say Ryder texted her ex-boyfriend, telling him she was about to make him famous. Deputies say she confessed during an interview. 
bum, bum, bum. Don't you love kind of news themes in the United States? What wasn't mentioned there, however, is that uh, Jennifer Ryder, uh, who is the accused, uh, the tech story on the website says that she had vandalised several places throughout the county by spray painting slogans such as K-Mac is Illuminati, that's K-M-A-C, K-Mac Hearts Brandy, K-Mac 666 uh, on things like signs, walls, doors, personal property and so on. But the question that raises, of course, is who is K-Mac? K-M-A-C. Is that the ex-boyfriend? That's my guess. Is it K-Mac of the Carolinas, Inc., a concrete contractor? Is it K-Mac Kevin McCrary? whose Twitter handle is KMac Must Die. Uh, he's uh, a retired sports talk show host. I'm coming back to being it, the ex-boyfriend and Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-E, of course, is the new girlfriend. And that. But anyway, that's... Can I just say that, that setting fire to your ex-boyfriend's car is clearly the way to handle things? <laughs> Just a quick reminder, too, um, that I'm still looking for your suggestions about the kinds of podcasts you'd like to come up. Uh, these sort of uh, news summary ones are kind of uh, okay to do. Uh, I don't mind doing them. They're fun. People like them. But also the uh, the 9pm probe interviews, long-form interviews, and I've done them, done them with uh, um, John Birmingham, the author, and... Uh, with Dr. Alice Gorman, who's Dr. Space Junk, about space archaeology and things. Love to do more of them. Um, I'd love to visit towns like I did with visiting um, Cronulla and reporting from there and talking about uh, what I found there. They were kind of fun too. And I'm, I'm still toying with this idea of a gin tour of Australia. When I mentioned that, so many people um, told me about beautiful craft gins from around the country. And I think that might be fun too. So uh, do let me know um, if you have any preferences for what you'd like me to do with this podcast in uh, 2020. Fuck. Doesn't the century just scream past? <laughs> News now of animals. And uh, today we have goats, pigs, uh, more pigs, and bears. Uh, as usual, you can find out more about these things by clicking through uh, to the podcast. Web well, clicking through. How do you click through from a podcast? Go to the podcast website. Stilgarian.com. Do you know how to find that fucking thing? In the 1920s, apparently, goat testicles were transplanted into men as a cure for erectile dysfunction and impotence. That was done by John Brinkley, who was an American con artist. He, pay, he became quite rich by doing that. Just thought I should let you know. Ah, it's good whiskey. Hang on. What whiskey is this? Just grabbing the bottle. Um, this one. Um, uh, one of the local uh, bar people is aware of the kind of uh, whiskies I like. Uh, this is the Ardmore, A-R-D-M-O-R-E, Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, the Ardmore. Very peaty. Um, 
quite, I mean, it's, it's really as I like whiskey. Uh, and I got a bottle of that for about 60 Australian. It is, as it says on the, the label, a unique expression of the Ardmore, a marriage of peated and unpeated single malt whiskey. So it's a blend of single malts. Is it? I don't know. Look it up. Ardmorewhiskey.com. A-R-D-M-O-R-E. Uh, okay. So, um, oh, fuck it. While we're here on the... While we're here on the thing. you got to... <laughs> got to play the personal brand, don't you? Uh, where were we? Oh, news of the animals. Pigs caught on video using tools for the first time. Uh, that's a worry. Uh, there was a National Geographic report, but it traces it back. But researchers, uh, just random researchers, have caught a species of swine called the Visayan warty pig. The Visayan warty pig, haha, <laughs> using pieces of bark as a shovel to move around dirt in their nests. I don't know why these pigs have nests. Uh, the researchers, again, who seem to not have names, uh, filmed several of the pigs in captivity as they got their nests ready to welcome piglets in the spring uh, and observed the animals using tools 11 times over two years. So that's nearly once every two months. Uh the team also sprinkled a few spatulas around the enclosure in case the pigs might prefer a more easily held tool. But for the most part, the swine stuck to natural tools such as bark or sticks, ignoring uh, the spatulas. So if you want the original report, that's in a, a journal called Mammalian Biology. Uh, and National, well, wherever I got this story from, says it's a link on the website, says Whitley, the researchers did not catch wind of any pigs using the tool of political power, however, so readers can rest easy knowing that Animal Farm is still fiction. For now. <laughs> How witty. Uh, feral hogs. Feral hogs. Uh, not 30 to 50 of them, but certainly a group of them. Oh, hang on, this is serious, sorry. A Texas woman was found dead after a pre-dawn attack by a group of feral hogs outside a home in Chambers County in Texas. Christine Rollins, uh, she was 59. Uh, she was a caregiver to an elderly couple in Anahuac. She didn't turn up at a normal time on a Sunday, according to the sheriff's office. Uh, the caregiver, at that Christine Rollins, 59, uh, the... The people she was caring for, um, uh, the the homeowner was eighty four. Uh, apparently, that's the homeowner, and and his wife doesn't count. Uh. Anyway, they found Christine lying in the front lawn between her car and the house, uh, the front lawn, front yard, front yard between her house and the car. Uh, and according to the local sheriff, Brian Hawthorne, uh, it was multiple hogs that assaulted her when she arrived at work, uh, likely between 6 and 6.30 a.m. when it was still dark outside. Uh, that's because there were multiple sizes of bite marks on her body. Quote, in my 35 years, I will tell you, it is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I don't know. Hmm. I'm not quite sure why I did that now. It's a bit too serious. Anyway, uh, moving on. 
the last bit of uh, animal news is about bears. Uh, this is a, 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 a graphic that's been kicking around for a while now. It comes from uh, an exhibit at the Oakland uh, Museum in California, apparently. Uh, and it's um, it lists the number of uh, motor vehicles damaged by bears between 2008 and 2013. Uh, I assume in... Uh, in California as a total. So in the year 2008, 162 vehicles were damaged by bears. 2009, down to 93. But 2010, 188 motor vehicles damaged by bears. But then, but then, and it highlights this in yellow, 2010, that dropped from 188 to just 23. In 2012, just 34. And in 2013, down to just 10. So this graphic says the large drop after 2010 resulted from better food management by visitors, uh, presumably visitors to the national parks, and the removal of bears that were repeat offenders. <laughs> so bears as repeat offenders, I quite like. Oh, that, that makes sense. You know, don't don't show food in your cars that the bears are going to take out and, and the problem bears will just move them on. The removal of bears sounds sinister to me. But anyway, it then adds right at the bottom another factor. Some bears learn to use the door handles to enter cars without causing damage. So that's reassuring, right? The bears know how to use door handles. The pigs know how to use, well, bark as spatulas. Um, I'm worried. I'm really worried. Are you worried? I think we should be worried. And now to sport. Brian Klass, who's a political scientist at University College London, uh, says on Twitter, where, this is where I get all this shit from. He says on Twitter, this rugby interview is one of the best sports interviews I've seen as it keeps getting delightfully weirder as it goes on. I agree. I wasn't hurting as much as the lads who were, who were out there, but I definitely felt it and I know how, how hard the boys have taken that. Um, be disappointed with the account that, they, that we put out, but... Uh, we got another week to to get back on the horse, you know, and take that horse to the water. And you can ask that horse. You can say, "Hey, horsey, do you want do you want to have a drink, or do you want to swim?" Yeah, and it's up to that horse to then realise what he wants to do in his life. And that horse at the moment wants to go out on Saturday. He wants to clippity clop all the way to the stoop, and he wants to say hello to those fans. And he goes, and he goes. I'm sorry about the result last week, but I'm going to give a better performance here at home against Bath. He's a slightly Irish horse. Um, so we're looking forward to, like I say, getting back on that horse. And are you looking forward to getting back on the horse six months since we last saw you? I don't like horses. I can't ride. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I originally thought this was like, this has got to be from a comedy program, but no, uh, it has been confirmed that this chap is Joe Marler, M A 
R-L-E-R. He's a loose head prop, whatever the fuck that is, for the Harlequins who play at The Stoop, which I understand to be a sporting ground in Twickenham in England. Uh, and, and that's real. And finally, a dating tip from Erica Heidewald, uh, who bills herself as Demon of Gratitude and Ho Ho Ho, spelt H-O-E-H-O-E-H-O. Very clever, uh, Erica. She describes herself as a YouTuber, uh, which I, I assume is some sort of underground vegetable. Anyway, her dating tip reads as follows. If a guy tells you he's not very political, he's a conservative, but has learned that that won't get him laid. So true. Well, that's all the edict for now. Check the website for all the links. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to stillgarian.com slash tip or through to skank.com.au slash subscribe. The next episode will be 12th of December with Nicholas Fryer. Until then, I'm Stilgarian. Have a good one. The 9pm Edict is a Skank Media production. Sorry. Don't forget, two minutes of erection is enough to conclude the coitus and fecundate the female. Anything beyond that is perversion, degeneracy and socialism.